0: Well, hello and welcome. This is Sarah and you are listening to Some Loud Opinions. Now you may be wondering, who is this girl? Why does she have opinions? Why do I care? And I can't answer those things for you. What I can tell you is that one time I was on Tinder and a man went out of his way to tell me that um, I looked like I had some loud opinions. And so I just wanted to say, shout out to that guy. I uh, deleted and blocked him before I wrote down his name, so I don't know it, and I don't care that much. But it actually did inspire me to make a podcast about my opinions because here's the deal. Um, While he was an asshole, he was not wrong. See, sometimes assholes are right. Um, I do have loud opinions, and I have strong opinions, and I've kind of always been known for that around my friends. The thing is, is like... I've always wanted to have a podcast to like talk about the things that I'm passionate about. However, I'm passionate about a lot of things. So I thought, why not just a podcast about my opinions? And if you like it, you can listen. If you don't like the topic, skip ahead. You'll probably find something that you want to listen to my opinion about. Now you may not agree with my opinion. You may not like my opinion, but it is my opinion. now. Here's the deal. Um, I will occasionally come in with some facts, you know, because I'm a little bit of a fact nerd, Um, you know, especially when we're talking about policies and and things like that. Um, But a lot of this stuff's just gonna be ripping off the cuff, you know? I'm recording this on my computer. I use the Anchor podcast because, or podcast recorder because I'm cheap, it's free, um, and it only lets me do 30 minutes at a time, so. We'll see where this goes. I want to keep them short, keep them sweet. And um, yeah, that's this. uh, Welcome to Some Loud Opinions. All right, so let's jump into it. Uh, This is the first episode of Some Loud Opinions. And I thought, you know, we could just ease in just a tip, just a little bit so you can figure out how I how I am and who I am, or we can scissor kick this to the fucking moon. We're going to open up with racism. I am a white woman in my thirties. So my demographics, the problem, just FYI, if anyone was wondering, um, we are not the problem. Like I would say, I don't know, Tucker Carlson, who's going to get his own special episode one day. Um, He is the problem. Like his (laughs) that whole thing. Um but uh or like, you know, anyone anyone in his orbit is also the problem. But uh right after him I like white women between like thirty and fifty. Um we just are. We're part of the problem. And I figured who better to talk to a white women like me, um, about racism than someone like me. Um, because They don't seem to want to listen to black voices. You know, I'm a big proponent of like, hey, listen to black voices. And uh, they don't. So we're just going to dive in. And I think, honestly, it's probably the best episode to open up with because although I will have episodes on things like hats and Nicolas Cage because those are fun things. um, I am a white, liberal, egalitarian socialist. and feminist, leftist—all those evil, dirty words that uh, you get scaremongered if you ever turn into Fox News. Um, but I also know those are a lot of labels, and honestly, they're let's laughable. You know, I always love it when someone tells me what I am because they hear a word that they don't understand. Um, but that's an opinion for another day. So um, I just thought I would talk about racism. Um but I'm actually gonna start out with uh, something that I wrote actually on September twenty third and I know this because I put it in my notes app. Um something that I hope you will learn if you stick around is that I don't argue with strangers on the internet. But that doesn't mean that I don't have thoughts. So I'll be cruising around on facebook and again this is probably going to get another episode because i have an opinion on it um but i'm cruising around you know i'm on delish.com i see something cool and then i see the comment section and it sends a rage flare right up my butthole and um i don't argue with strangers on the internet about stuff like that because i'm not changing any hearts and minds (laughs) they don't want to hear it if someone goes out of their whole ass way to comment something ugly because they saw on delish.com that Michelle Obama, for example, has a show on Netflix and their transphobia and their misogyny and like, I mean, the transphobia thing makes me so mad because she is a cisgendered woman and it is so fucking stupid and it just shows how you feel about trans people. Again, another opinion. I'm not going to, I have ADHD, so I'm sorry, but I'm not sorry because I can't hold it. But anyways. If someone is putting their whole ass out there on the internet like that, there is nothing that I can say that's going to change their mind. So I will not waste my time. I have better things to do. I have more time to waste, you know, scrolling through Instagram, you know, or, or attempting to get work done, aka watching Nicholas Cage movies. So um, instead, what I do, when I have some strong feelings is I go to my notes app and I write things down. And on September 23rd, I wrote this thing down and uh, I thought it was really good. Um, as I was trying to think of like, what do I want my first episode to be? Do I have time to write something out? I keep putting this off. I've been wanting to do it for like, well, i been wanting a podcast for years, but this podcast for quite a while. So I'm just going to read it real quick and then I will share my additional opinions on it. But, um, yeah, so here's what I wrote on September 23rd about the conversation on racism. And I cannot tell you what this is in reference to. It might've just been some free thoughts. Some some riffin, as you were. Um, so here's what I wrote. I wrote. A big part of missing dialogue is acknowledgement and understanding that our racist history is fresh and present. Also, this is going to be a dramatic reading, so let's drop in. There are people still alive that protested Ruby Bridges going to school and Rosa Parks sitting at the front of a bus. There are people who are still alive who lived in sundown towns attended lynchings, and violently protested against the Civil Rights Act. We acknowledge John Lewis walked across that bridge. And until very recently, he was alive, and we celebrate him. Every Black History Month, while he was in office. Can you believe it? Here's a hero from the Civil Rights era. Here's Bernie Sanders. Hero. Civil Rights era. Wow. In Congress. Can you believe it? Making changes. But what about the people who beat him and arrested him? A lot of them are alive too. And they vote still too. You don't go to bed on June 1st, 1964, okay with racism and lynchings and violence against black bodies. And then you wake up June 2nd, 1964, completely different person because, hey, legally, segregation is over. My parents were born in the 1960s, 1963 and 1964. They were raised by a generation that grew up with segregation as part of their everyday lives. And I bet yours did too. Our parents' generation were raised by parents against integrated schools, neighborhoods, public spaces. Ken couldn't dance with a black Barbie on a box. That's the generation that our parents grew up in. My parents grew up in California where people very much alive today taught them to believe in welfare queens and the dangers of immigrants and there's no such thing as racism anymore and affirmative action only hurts white people and poverty is a choice and that the 1950s were the peak of Americana. They were raised hearing about the good old days without ever hearing about the bad parts of those days. You wonder why the boomer generation likes a guy who isn't PC and speaks his mind? They were raised up saying what they wanted, feeling as racist as they wanted, until one day, on June 2nd, they couldn't say it out loud anywhere they wanted anymore. They didn't stop thinking those racist things overnight, They just learned not to say it out loud where they might suffer consequences. Their dinner tables and living rooms and block parties and church socials were safe spaces to commiserate the oppression that they felt they could no longer express, the racism that was ingrained in them. Right along this commiseration and sharing of, you just can't say anything anymore, it's too PC, right? My parents' generation was right there listening and learning and modeling and absorbing their parents' feelings and their angst. Along with all the other learning that children do, our parents learned racism, but they also learned how to hide it and suppress it and to turn it around to make themselves the victims. My parents are alive. A few of my grandparents are alive. Some people my age have gran- great grandparents and great great grandparents that are still alive. Some of us have relatives that actively participated in racism. Some of us have granddads who bragged about their dads and their granddads being grand wizards and part of the KKK. This is not history. You wouldn't call your grandparents history. You wouldn't say "Mima is history. I don't consider my nana or my grandpa, history. Yet they grew up with separate lunch counters and public restrooms separated from people of color. Racism is not history. It can't be history when those generations are still alive. They're still in power and they still vote. The truth is that this is not history. It is the present. The people that protested against equality that supported and enforced Jim Crow laws, some of them are still alive, alive and serving in Congress, local governments, police unions, and school boards. Until we acknowledge that for every Bernie still active and alive, that there are also people on the other side of the pick line still around and active and alive. Racism will never be just history. It will never be in the past. All right. So, thank you for listening to my dramatic reading. If everyone wants to snap, that's the portion where you can do that. Snippity snap. Um, I am not wearing a beret, but I am dramatic. Um, Yeah. Uh, (laughs) This is my second take on this and I'm still like, oh, like so many feelings. Um, and opinions about that. But yeah, I think, you know, let's just go off the cuff. Let's let's riff about my thoughts, (laughs) my very collected thoughts. Um, People are still alive, and I don't think it gets talked about enough. I was just on Facebook the other day, and this kid that I went to high school with that um, I know for a fact is racist. Nothing has changed because I tried adding him a few times in the last couple years, um, and I could take about one day. Before he showed his whole racist, transphobic, homophobic, sexist, misogynist, ugly ass all over my Facebook feed. And I was like, absolutely not. No, thank you. I like your wife. I do not like you. You are a bad person. Um, But anyways, we have mutual friends. And yeah. Yeah. You know, he's in this Facebook comment just being like, racism only exists because we talk about it. No, racism exists because we don't fucking talk about it. We don't talk about it, except when we're joking or we pretend it's just one person. There's a whole, like, racist uncle trope. Like, I mean, it's on <laughs> Saturday Night Live has, like, a whole ass skit. What is it? The the one guy who's, like, you know, plays, like, oh, you're racist uncle, which... I don't know. I'm not a person of color, so I can't really speak for their community. But to me, the more work that I do and the more anti-racist and pro-black work that I do, it feels like racist uncle trope is kind of borderline racist. It's almost like you want to say the jokes that you can't actually say. So then you pretend that like you play a character so you can say the racist stuff that you want to say, right? That's what it feels like. Um, you know, like when people like predict things and they're like, oh, I bet this person's going to say all this stuff. And it's like, I feel like you're thinking that. And I'm guilty of it too. I'm absolutely guilty of it too. Like, I don't know if it's just like trying to make up for all of the, you know, in my past, um, definitely racist stuff in my past. Uh, not proud of it. Working every day to be anti-racist, to be pro-black, to be pro uh, black, indigenous, and people of color, and pro-Asian, and just as anti-racist as I can be, um, you know, not to just make up for the racist stuff, but just because I, I truly do believe that um, it was wrong, and I I have to change. I have to change, you know. I have to examine everything that I do and everything that I've done and to, again, You know, I can't sit here and be like, hey, you know, don't pretend like racism was in the past and then act like my 20s didn't exist and my teen years didn't exist because they did. Um, But yeah, like we cannot act like this stuff was in the present or like not in the present. It's like, you know, like it only exists because like the media tells us that we're racist. No, you're a racist. And coming from this guy was like, Sir. You say the N-word all the time. I know you do. Come on. And you don't say it in like a a way, like there's no excuse for a white person to say it. But if ever there was, the way he says it, it definitely does not fall under those guidelines. So, um, yeah. Like I, I just, I feel like we can't keep being like, you know, I understand that questioning yourself and questioning the things that you've done and turning that mirror onto the ugly parts that you don't like about yourself or that you don't like about your past, it can be scary. You know, people are like, oh, cancel culture. Blah. Cancel culture doesn't exist. And we'll have a podcast on that, but it can. You make you feel sweaty p- pits. It make your butthole feel itchy when someone's like talking about racist and you're like, oh, I used to do that. Like, and you didn't know that it was racist, but now you do. And you have a choice. You can deny it. And you can be like, no, that's not racist because you feel bad. Or you can say, fuck. I got better things I should be doing with my life. Like, I shouldn't have done that. And now I've got to, like, work extra hard. Because the community that I hurt by my actions deserves it. They deserve my reparations. Monetary reparations. Like, I can't do that. I can't even fill my own bank account. Come on. But what I can do... Let's make a podcast and talk about it and be honest and be candid and say, I don't care how itchy your butt gets. I don't care about how sweaty your pits get. Get some perspiration H. And I don't know if you can put perspiration H under your armpits, but put it there if it stops the sweating. And it makes you address the fact that racism is not history. I love my grandparents. I just lost a grandparent that I adored. And I don't know. I haven't really like we, you know. I adored. I was. I lived with her until I was seven. Um, didn't really see her much. Um, it was actually very funny. I connected like a little bit on Facebook, um, and she would post stuff about like you know like anti-racism and anti-Trump. And I was like, hell yeah! I did not, I did not expect that from you. <laughs> um, but uh, so we lost a good one. Doesn't mean that like just because she's doing that now doesn't mean that you know. A she's not. She's not a good person because she is. She's obviously an amazing person. She's willing to be a spitfire online at like, what, 90 years old being like, fuck Trump, And I'm like, yes. Yes, grandma. But does not mean that in 1960, she was having those kind of feelings? It doesn't mean in 1970 or 1980. And I don't know. You know, I feel like it's always missing from the conversation. People talk about like, you know, they, they argue about the wrong things. And man, there's gonna be so many episodes on arguing about the wrong fucking things. But I think that one of the things that we argue is, like, you get some ass pat, like, Tucker Carlson being like, and they want to call you racist, and he's making you scared of being racist, right? That's, That's his goal. Because if you are so scared about being called a racist, you are going to do everything you can to deny racism. And then racism doesn't get fixed. And the only way we can combat that is to acknowledge that, yes, racism exists. And the only thing that most of us can do, literally, the only thing that most of us, most of us white women between ages of thirty and the day, um, you know, white men, is to not be racist. I can't dismantle the prison system. I can't do that. I can't bust down the doors of the the police officer station and retrain everybody and, and put mental health. You know people in there. I can't make cops stop shooting black people. I can't make them stop shooting black children Putting knees on necks for eight minutes. I can't stop that Beyond voting for people that I hope will put you know laws in place and do the reforms that they promised they would do I voted for Biden Because he made a promise that he would address this That's it for a national thing and that's the truth that is all I can do on a national level but in my personal life I can address racism I can acknowledge it I can see all the ways that I've grown and not be racist in those ways like you know in the past so yeah uh, what I can do in my personal life is just address the anti-racism you know be pro-black and address the you know, racism in my past and admit it and stop pretending like it didn't happen or like don't pretend that it didn't happen. Um, It is nothing to be proud of, but I do think that there is value in being open and being honest and saying, yes, there were things in my past that were problematic behaviors that I had. Things I didn't, I honestly didn't think that they were racist Um, or some of them. I kind of low key, I didn't think they were racist, but I knew that they were not right. Um, I knew Um, you know, and they're embarrassing. Okay. You want to hear a little story? Okay. You ready? Um, when I was like 19 or 20, I wrote Bill O'Reilly about how like drug addicts should be tested or something going on in Michigan or something. Yes. So, um, I did not think that that was racist. I didn't do it because I immediately thought of like someone of color. I didn't think of a person of color when I thought of that, but and that was a shitty thing to think. And his thing was racist. He was being racist. Bill O'Reilly is a flaming fucking racist. Um, grew up literally in one of the whites only towns. Like a white only suburb. Built. It was like Levin, Levin Town or something like that. Look it up. Uh, I, I hate, they say, we'll have some opinions about looking it up. But that is actual, like, the town was built by a racist named William Levington. Levington might be right. But anyways, or Levitt. William Levitt. I don't know. Some racist ass guy who built suburbs. Like he built the concept of suburbs and they were built with the concept of racism keeping black people out. And Bill O'Reilly grew up in one. So, do not tell me that someone who is still alive, still active on Twitter, writing books, doing his thing, um, when he's not sexually assaulting people. Uh, Just kidding, but not really. Um, But, yeah, like, he's still alive. It's not in the past. It's not in the past. (laughs) So that is my strong opinion, some loud opinions about um, that. But I do think, you know, there is value. We have to talk about it. So, please. I know if you're getting like bubble guts about it or like a little bit of an itchy behind or sweaty pits and you don't want to think about it, um, get some preparation itch. I don't know. The stuff that makes you less itchy and sweaty. Um, I don't know if you can put it in your armpits, but if you can, put it there so you're not sweaty there. Um, Otherwise, take a deep breath. We all have things in our past that we don't like, but what we can do is grow from it. Right. That's what we can do. And, you know, I just want to take this opportunity to say that I have friends and family all across the political spectrum. Um, I've always had some loud opinions. I literally watched the first Trump impeachment. Pop- yes, we had a president who was impeached twice just because he wasn't convicted in the Senate does not mean he was not impeached. That's all Um, But I watched the first one with my dad, who I lived with at the time. Um, and we're still, he's still my, he's my dad. We don't talk as much about politics because I'll be honest, I was a little bit spicy. I was spicy. Um, wish I could take that back. See, we're always going. Um, but uh, yeah, you know. Um, but we, you know, we're we are still close. So this is not coming from a place of I'm trying to attack you and be like, you're a racist. Because you should not fear being called a racist more then you fear the consequences of racism because racism actually leads to people dying. People die because of racism. People don't get healthcare because of racism. People don't get jobs. Now you might be like, nah you lose your job if you're racist. Well, yeah, if you continue to be racist, but if you're becoming, you're afraid of being called a racist and you don't think that you're racist, we got to talk about it. Okay. Like we just do. And I love you. Um, yeah, so that's it. That's all, I'm gonna leave it on that. I'm gonna leave it on a positive note of I will link some stuff down in the show notes. Um, if you were feeling some kind of way, and you need some extra. You know, maybe not me, talking to my phone, like, and you're ready for that next step. There are some books, some authors that you should check out, some, um, like, free online courses. Like, there's one, The Great Unlearn, is fantastic. I will tell you something. You, as a white woman, will get spicy pits from this majestic, wonderful, educated, just transcendent black woman who is all the black experience. But she is not going to give it to you a softball. Okay? So... You probably want to be, like, on step three, all that, okay? You want to do some, like, prayers or some meditation before you before you jump into Miss Cargill, Miss Cargill, Car- Rachel Cargill, um, amazing person. I, you know, just, I've learned so much, but I've also had spicy pits over it. I have absolutely been like, oh, she's saying that to me, and I'm a good white person. No. Just listen, okay? It'll be okay. You're going to feel some kind of way. I've done there. I've been there. But the only way you get past it is to stop ignoring it because racism wants to live in the shadows. It wants you to not see it. Like it, it doesn't, it's not as much in power now, right? So like they, like, but that's how it gets back in power. It keeps building momentum and building momentum and building momentum until people storm the goddamn Capitol. That's what white supremacy does. Okay. So I know you're listening to this and you are not one of those kind of people and you don't want to be a part of it and you don't want to be associated and I love and I appreciate you for that. So I want you to hear my loud opinion that you and me, so I'm still learning, need to step back from the ledge, acknowledge that racism exists and again, if you are ready for some next steps, I'll do like a level one, two and three. So if you're just like, heard that and I am um, I hate it I hate what you said I hate it I don't want to be mad about it I'll have a level one for you okay and then I'll have a lot oh my god I hate it how the way I said that I'm not trying to be condescending gross gross and I, I apologize I suck at editing so and I go on weird tangents so it's going to stay in there but I do not mean to be condescending I will have like a level one because I've been at level one and I know, I know how it feels. And then I'll have like a level two of like, okay, now we're a little bit past it. Um, Here's a better resource. And then level three is going to be like when you're really ready to be like, all right, I acknowledge that I need to be anti-racist and I need to be pro-black, pro-Asian, pro-people of color, pro-indigenous people. I need to do some work. I'm gonna give you some resources on that too because I honestly like I'm I I fluctuate depends it depends on what internal bias and prejudices that I have to confront that my lifelong present stuff that happens where I'm at I fluctuate from level one to level three all the time so you're not alone I'm here with you okay um so yeah it is almost two o'clock in the morning I have been trying to end this I've re-recorded this like a a couple times, but um, those are some of my loud opinions. I do just want to, <laughs> I just think about the guy that like took the time because that's inspired by a true story. Just FYI, um, a man matched me on Tinder. He saw my profile and he was like, swipe right. And he opened with, are you okay? And I said, huh? Yeah, I'm fine. How are you? And he goes, you just look like you have some loud opinions. And he was not being nice. He was being a dick. Um, and I just think this first episode is like, it gets scissor kicked to the moon. Just like, woo, out the gate. We're going to talk about racism. And again, I promise you, we will talk about things like how Nicolas Cage is the best actor. And I will fight anyone to the death. We will death battle. Nicolas Cage is the best actor. Anyways. But there will be, we will have episodes on that. But I just thought it was really important. So you kind of get the tune of who I am. <laughs> because that is the important, crucial part, you know? Um, but I just think about, like, oh, he obviously would not like that at all. It would make him very mad to have me, this woman that he chose to like. I, I'm sorry. I know, probably not like, mm, all men. No, obviously not all men. But this man, this man took the time. He had the time and the audacity to say that to me instead of just swiping left. You know how many bullshit stuff I think I see on Tinder? And I, just, I don't take the time. Why? Why am I hurt somebody's feelings? And he didn't hurt my feelings. He inspired a whole ass podcast. So thank you to him. And I hope one day he does hear it. And he realizes that I do not give a fuck. I have always had such strong... Loud opinions. If you know me and you're my inner circle, this comes as no surprise. So, and I still have a circle. So, obviously, they're not bad opinions, right? I've had some bad opinions in the past. And we'll talk about those too. Um, But, yeah, that's it. That's all I've got tonight. Um, And be on the lookout for more episodes. If you want to follow me, I'm going to do my personal Instagram right now. I also have, you can follow me, at opinions. On Instagram. You will be. Out there alone. There's not any content on there. But you know. It'll it'll have content soon. I mean. It'll have this episode on there. So. Yay. Um, But you can also follow me at. The Sassy Sister. Ha. See. And it's been like that for a long time. Because I am the Sassy Sister. But it's. The. Period. Sassy. Period. Sister. On Instagram. That's where you can find me. Um. And yeah follow me please love this podcast please love me um and I don't know how to end it so I'm just gonna leave it at this, this is so awkward uh, you can hit me up let me know your thoughts let me know what else you want some of my opinions on and uh, stay tuned for some more of my loud opinions coming at ya